Welcome to the Johnny Cassell Show. This is your number one resource for dating and lifestyle advice. What a special one we have for you today. Um, John, how did I meet Kieran? So I met Kieran a few years ago where I actually needed help myself with um, some, some film work. As you know, if you've been following me some time, uh, you know that I do a lot of videos on YouTube. Um, so Kieran was someone that uh, I put an advert out. Kieran reached out to me, said he'd be interested. Unfortunately, we didn't get to work together at that time, so I already had to pick someone. It was a time-sensitive situation. But needless to say, we met up. Um, we became good friends. And I learned a lot more about his extraordinary world. Now, Kieran is not only an award-winning filmmaker, you know, he, he is uh, constantly on the pursuit for culture. He really is the culture vulture, the most extreme one that I know. And I'm going to bring him on today because I want, to, I want for him to share his story and how he got to do what he's been doing, but also as well, share with us the importance of tuning into the frequency of other people's cultures. It's something I'm writing about right now for my online video course. And um, so not only will I hope to get a to be a bit more educated on it as well. Maybe there's some things I've missed, but also for you, you, you guys listening, um, you'll get a lot of value out of it as well. Kieran is an internationally award-winning filmmaker. Kieran specializes in off-grid adventures and expeditions, travel films, documentary, make, making an inspiring branded content. Kieran is a multi-skilled director, camera operator, and a CAA qualified commercial drone operator. From fishing in the Arctic and scaling desert dunes in the Middle East to hiking volcanoes in the Pacific island of Vanuatu, I've seen the, the footage for this, and so have you guys if you've been watching the stories. Kieran is a passionate explorer, thriving behind the camera, wherever the next project takes him. So without further ado, God, it's hot in here today, guys. It's the hottest day of the year. I'm stuck in this apartment <laughs> trying to shoot this video. <laughs> <laughs> we need a light on your face if you've got one, buddy. <laughs> what are you doing? Can you see me all right? I can see you, yeah. <laughs> it's uh, it's 5 a.m. here, guys, so just bear with me on the darkness. I know, I know. So thank you, man. I know, like, we spoke about six hours ago, and I, you were like, what time is it uh, going to be? I was like, six o'clock, it's five o'clock in the morning, your time. Um, so appreciate the commitment, buddy. No worries. It's good to see you, man. It looks very hot back in the UK. It looks oh, crazy. Man, boiling in here. What is it today? What is it today? 35 or something? Something like that. Something like that. Um, but but I've got, I'm, trying to, to... I'm trying to control the environment, so I've got all the windows shut. <laughs> so there's no noise coming in. It's only bacon. But, um, oh, but man. Anyway, it's, good that... see, it's good to see your face. Yeah, likewise, man. What I can make of it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> Try and get some online from somewhere. Uh, um, I'm actually, uh, I'm actually on the road at the moment. I'm traveling around the South Island of New Zealand. We've just, I've just finished the four week campervan trip. Okay. Um, which has been amazing. Now I'm parked up at a little beautiful, sleepy mountain town called Wanaka. So I'm staying with some friends here for a couple more days, and then my mum's actually flying down this weekend for her belated 60th birthday, which was in. Lockdown, so we're yeah. celebrating this weekend. So going to treat it to a nice weekend down here. It's been tough, isn't it? I mean, my father was um had his 60th during lockdown. We had to like have a catch up, you know, mm. when things eased up to celebrate. Um, but okay, uh, listen. What what I want to do is I want to kind of pull out lots of nuggets if we can find them within this conversation. And I guess the angle I'm kind of going with this is to probably encourage people to embrace other cultures like you have done in a, in a mm -hmm. more extreme way. Um, we, let's, I, I want to go into your story first, but something that really strikes me that you said to me once is that every year I've got to do a passion project. You know, I've got, I've got the jobs that I do that I get paid for, and of course I love them, but it's the passion projects that I really... Yeah, get me excited so i want to explore them and, and maybe get some stories out of what you've experienced and um, visiting these fascinating places but let's go in from the start why did why did you ch choose this direction to get into film how'd it happen yeah it chose me man it chose me <laughs> um no really really quick really quick little summary um yeah i moved over 
from New Zealand to London uh, in, yeah, 10 years ago, in 2011, um, nine years ago. Uh, I just finished, uh, I'm, a, I'm a builder by trade, a carpenter. So I did four years with a carpentry. Um, my dad was a carpenter and your dad's kind of your hero when you grow up, isn't he? Yeah. So I just wanted to be wanted to be like him. So yeah, dropped out of school, did carpentry. Um, and then, yeah, I thought it was time to travel overseas for a little bit. Landed in London was one of my first spots and needed to find some work. So I was in a bar on my first Friday night in London and I was chatting to this guy. I was pretty smashed. And I was chatting to the soul guy. He's like, oh, so what are you doing here? And I was like, I'm a builder. I've just moved over from New Zealand. He was like, oh, no way. Um, I'm actually building a film studio just across the road. Um, we need some help doing the doing the building stuff to get us over the line. Why don't you start on Monday? So I started doing the carpentry stuff over there. Got along with him really well. And after six weeks or so, he offered me a position in the film company. So I started, um, yeah, I started at the bottom. As a receptionist, I think, was one of my first jobs there. Receptionist, runner, all sorts of stuff. But the company was about eight people. When I first joined and when I left, there was 65 people in the company. So it grew really quickly. Yeah. Um, so then, obviously, if you had the right attitude, you could grow with the company as well. So, really important yeah, that. I mean, That's how I got into it. About having the right attitude. Um, something that... What was I? I was watching an interview with um, Danny Garcia, which you know, The Rock is like his ex girlfriend or wife or something, but still remains his manager. She said the reason why The Rock is so successful is because he's the most extremely coachable person, you know. And I think that really is, you know, what you just said there. You got to have the attitude, right, to be to be willing to take on new advice, to 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 realize that there's never end, there's never an end to learning, and you never you just got to be open to to new things, and like. That's great. You know, it gave you the opportunity to do what you do now and progress to to now be a, an award-winning filmmaker. And so, tell us about that. I mean, how come? So, you you won an award at the the Rome Awards, is that right? Yeah, yeah. There's been there's been a few, man. There's been a few, but yeah, we submitted a film, me and my buddy, who I did a lot of my travel work with, um, and we submitted a short little film. Um, it's funny, I didn't. I have seen my work so many times, I don't rate it. I'm like, oh, that sucks. That shouldn't be in there. Uh, and that's the way I look at my work. But my mate was like, no, 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 I'm just going to do it. So he edited it and submitted it. And I I didn't think anything of it. I was like, you know, Rome's a, a platform with a million people, some of the greatest adventure photographers and filmmakers are part of that community. And like, my friend entered it. And then, um, yeah, we won. They flew us out to Colorado, Dang. back at back in December. Um, yeah, and we went to the Rome Awards, which was hosted by, you know, Chris Burkhardt and um, Travis Rice and some of the people that I personally, like, look up to a lot. Um, but, again, it comes down to, like, I've seen it so many times, so I think it's shit. But if someone else sees that with fresh eyes, when they played it, when they played the film in the in the auditorium in front of all the people yeah, and, and all of, like, the judges and stuff were watching it and – they specifically one shot that like I saw people's face react to was the hiking up the volcano. Oh yeah, it's in Vanuatu. It's insane. <laughs> but that tribe, like, I don't know, not many people, not many people in the world have that shot and film a sequence like that. It was pretty. It was yeah. I mean, just seeing them react to it made me realize, like, oh yeah, yeah that is maybe it is pretty good. All. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I remember when you got back from that trip and. Um, so let, let's talk a little bit about that first. So, so every year you like to do a passion project. On this particular year, you went to live with a tribe off of some island off of, off of Fiji, right? Yeah, that was crazy, man. Um, no, there's a little place called Vanuatu. Yeah, Vanuatu. Um, yeah, that was um, – yeah, what about that trip? How, does, how did it even start, man? Um, I mean, it's a sort of, again, it's a sort of trip you're down the pub and you give your mates and you're like, um, where should we go? Let's go to some, let's have a live with a fucking tribe. Yeah. Um. <laughs> and then, and then, you know, you book it there and then and you wake up in the morning, you think, hang on a minute, what have we just done? <laughs> yeah, it was crazy. Um, so yeah, we're going to live with this tribe. Um, I saw them on the internet a long time ago and then, um, 
What's the logistics of that? What's the logistics of organizing an extreme trip like that? I guess you've just got to pack all your camera gear and you've just got to go. Right. Yeah, interesting. Like, I kind of had a contact. There was one guy on the island or in the tribe specifically with um, with a mobile phone. <laughs> so, 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 I, so I, I, call, I called this guy and I, wa- I wanted access to the tribe. So I called him and, uh, yeah, he said, come over. And it was, uh, yeah, simple as that, really. Flew over. He picked me up. Um, in his four by four that he had rented, with his uh, six children on the back, six sons, we drove three hours into the jungle. Arrived in this little uh, this little village, and then it was like going back thousands and thousands of years. It really was. Um, we got there, and yeah, he was kind of like, "What do you guys want to do?" So I was like, okay, don't really know what we want to do, but just experience your culture. <laughs> no, no plan. No plan, but we just wanted to shoot. We wanted to shoot a lot, take lots of photos and do- just document it and learn about their culture as well. Yeah. Um, which we certainly did because we got there and they they kind of wanted to give us a welcome dance. So all these tribes came into this like little field under this massive tree and they they all came out and then my my buddy Owen said, uh, you know, we want to wear the same thing that you're wearing. <laughs> which and is what? Got, <laughs> which Wait. is a, it's got a, it's got a little number it's got a numbers man and and basically it's a little penis sheaf that you put your your bits into and then they wrap it up. But anyway, <laughs> the, the, no no no, I think the, it's more to talk about. What do you mean anyway? <laughs> I oh, know we'll get there. <laughs> okay, okay. So we get to this. Um, we get to this. Uh, so he looks at us and he says, "All right, uh, are you sure you want to wear this?" We were like, "Yeah, we'll wear it." Um, so he goes back. He goes back somewhere. A few minutes later, he comes back with these three penis sheets. Um, <laughs> and then he took us down into the the bush one by one, um, away from everyone, and we get down there. And he just looks at me. He's just he's a big guy. He's a big guy. <laughs> yeah. Um, and uh, he was like, just looked at me and he was like, take off your clothes. <laughs> and li- <laughs> so there, me and my buddies, we took off a, took off a t-shirt, pants. We was just wearing our boxes. And he just looks at us like straight down the line. He's like, take off all your clothes. <laughs> so... I'm in the probably the most remote place I've ever been with this huge, big man looking at me, telling me to take off all my clothes. So I take off my take off my boxes on there, standing in front of this man completely naked. He then tells me to turn around. So I turn around and then his arms come from behind, grabs my he grabs my deck, <laughs> put it inside this thing and then wraps it up and then ties this uh, like a little belt around your waist. Um and then Owen went in after me. Oh, no, Owen actually went in first. And then I went in, and then my friend Jace went in. And then that's how we lived for four days. Four days, I think. But what was amazing, what was really, really amazing was that once we got changed and we went back up where all the members of the community were, Yeah, they were, they were all laughing, and they had never seen anything like this before in their lives. <laughs> um, but I think, well, I think what that did is it, 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 it unlocked it unlocked something very special. It unlocked acceptance. Like they, all of the community felt that we you wanted to be a part just, of it. Yeah, you weren't there just to be a voyeur. You were there to actually we, immerse yourself. Yeah, we wanted to be a part of it, um, hmm. which then for, for filming and photography, like what we what we were able to, to, to get over the coming couple of days was like, that unlocked it. That's why we got so much good stuff. Like some yeah. of the photos that the, some of the photos that the boys took, um, some of the you know filming that sequence going up the um, the volcano, it's just like that's why we got it. That moment of wearing that it's, stuff. It's a phenomenon. Like people watching this now, and if you follow my stories today, you would have seen the clip of the tribe, you know, uh, ascending the the volcano. It's a phenomenal shot. 
Um, and, and, and it's really good. Like, so, because one question I've got written down that I wanted to ask you as, you know, as someone that works in film, like, I'm, I'm, I'm familiar with how photographers build rapport with their subjects, get them comfortable for a shoot, you know, whether put some music in the background, you know, shoot some humor between each other, you know, to get the individual relaxed. But when you're when you're working with um, when you're working with people that are from like from tribes and you know in the Arctic and you know living just a completely extreme contrast in uh, way of life, what conscious what are you consciously thinking about to build rapport with these people? Obviously, you know, jumping in their their uh, their outfits is is one of them. You know, to show grabbing. <laughs> you know, uh, I don't think that. Was, I mean, that was a one-off kind of thing, man. Like, yeah. yeah. I mean, I'm I'm all about like immersing in these new cultures and stuff. But um, I mean, that was that that Vanuatu trip was more that was the passion project. I mean, if I was on a commercial shoot where there were like clients and stuff, I don't think I'd be getting all my clothes off and running around with no, my penis wrapped like, up in the seat. Example: like, <laughs> you, were, you were in um, you were in Abu Dhabi doing the Special Olympics. So you created some content, right? And it went across all the stadiums. What what was the project there? Yeah, it was um creating a an Olympic ceremony for the Amazing. Special Olympics, which which yeah, it was. Um which is a which is a you know, the Special Olympics is is the Olympics for people with intellectual disabilities, yeah. which was um yeah, which was eight months filming out in the Middle East, which was uh which was pretty amazing. But um yeah. Working with people with intellectual disabilities was uh, a challenge in itself. Um, yeah, um, yeah, eight month project, probably the biggest one so far. Yeah, I remember when you were working on that. Yeah. So, so the direction I want to, I'm trying to go with my question here is, you know, so you know, from the Middle Eastern culture, were were there any sort of things you have in mind to to build rapport with people working on the project there? Um, that were were different from the way you'd mm. be working someone from the West. No, I don't think so, Johnny. I think it, I just kind of try and do do my style of way that I usually try and connect with people on shoots in particular. Yeah, I, th- I think the, it, it was the same, man. But yeah, pretty much the same. I didn't change. I didn't change much. But I guess the the, the Middle Eastern culture is is very different. Definitely very different to the Western culture. Um, it, it certainly is. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> to say the least. <laughs> when did you do the? Um, you went and built a uh, skate park in Uganda. Was it Uganda? Yeah, yeah, man. Yeah. So was that another passion project, or was yeah? That, uh, how did that come about? Yeah, so that was um that was a cool one, man. Because we um I grew up skateboarding and always wanted to kind of give back to skateboarding after everything that it kind of gave to me, especially like. Yeah, over the last 15 years, really. So um, I reached out to a, to a charity called Skate Aid, who do amazing work kind of in skateboarding all around uh, Africa and other places around the world as well. Mm-hmm. I, was like, I was like, look, let's team up. I want to go somewhere with you guys and, and shoot a film. Um, yeah, and then they were like, look, we've got a project in two weeks um, in the slums of Uganda, deep in the wow. slums of Uganda. Uh, a place uh, called Chintantale, which is um, in Kampala. Um, and I was buzzing for it because I've always wanted to do something like this. I was like, such a great opportunity. Again, it's just that uh, spare of the moment, fuck it. Like, I'll just cancel whatever I'm doing and we're just going to go there. Luckily, like, I didn't have much work on it at the time. Um, I was actually filming the Special Olympics and then I just flew from Dubai to Uganda. Um, right. But it was awesome. Like I was like, right, this is a perfect opportunity because I'm I'm a pretty good skateboarder. I'm not like amazing, but I'm unknown. I'm well, we've been we've been we've been longboarding together, right? You're, you're pretty confident. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, I wanted to give back to skating, and it was um, I thought great, it'll be awesome. I'll go, I'll fly over, um, I'll teach them, I'll be able to teach them how to skate, you know, like teach them a few tricks and stuff, and um. Man, we got there, and these skaters in the slums of Uganda were fucking the some rad skaters, man. And they yeah. had this, they had this skate park with all these crazy whippy transitions, man. Um, and like you, 
I was just blown away by how good these skaters were in the slums of Uganda and how like passionate this like little skateboarding culture in a place that can be quite you know quite dodgy, quite a dodgy yeah. place. And, the, and these skateboarders, girls, guys, young, old, they would they just had built this amazing yeah community of skateboarding, in, you know, in the slums. Um, it was just thriving, man. It was just bursting with with life. It was just, yeah, it was unreal to see what, it. Man. What challenges did you? What challenges did you face over that? I think the challenges that we faced was shooting in an environment like that. It was kind of like me and my buddy who I was shooting it with. We we just get so carried away in the moment and enjoying the moment without really like we were filming and like capturing some amazing stuff and building these like little micro relationships within this this community. Like each individual that we were filming. You kind of like get to know them a little bit more as the days progress, and you're starting to really develop this thing, and you're 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 buzzing off one another, yeah. When you're shooting it, and um, but what we kind of like weren't really aware of is the fact that we had probably I don't know seventy five to hundred thousand pounds worth of camera gear <laughs> in a in a pretty pretty dodgy place. So we were running around the back streets and all this stuff, and yeah, we got to the we got to the hotel later that evening and read a couple of articles online about a guy that was murdered there a few like six months ago wow who was who was filming in in the slums and had his camera stolen so yeah kind of put things a little bit into perspective and just do we just have to knuckle down but i always like look for the positives in places like this like you see something like that it could happen anywhere but um yeah i guess that was one of the challenges that we faced just yeah being in having such expensive gear uh in a you know in a pretty dodgy place, but um no we, it was it was an amazing trip man we were just buzzing off that the whole time and and so so you've left them with this brand new skate park have you had any updates on it uh, no it was um it was um it was a park that was already built um right. so the park was built the we went and kind of worked on an extension of the park so we extended it a little bit the charity that I worked for we all went over a few guys from Germany me and my buddy from London and um. It's all about kind of like continue to give back. You can't just go there, build a park, take the boards and leave it and go, here you go, guys, you know, all the best. Um, you've continuously got to got to go out there and, you know, check in and spend time with them to to make sure that they're going in the right direction with, with their community. Um, if anyone's so, interested... So how, 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 how are you doing that? How are we doing? Well, we were supposed to go back there in July this year to build East Africa's first uh, skate bowl. <laughs> and uh yeah but obviously due, due to due to covid they didn't have yeah sure so yeah that's um on the it's on the um back burner now so we'll see how it goes when on a subject you know you talked about being in danger and hearing of these stories uh put, you know putting putting things in perspective a little bit have, have there been any trips that you've gone on that you've felt really vulnerable. I mean, obviously, when you're in the tribe and some guys reach around to put this grass, make a skirt around your waist. I mean, sure, you're going to feel pretty vulnerable. But uh, yeah, any any trips where you think, "Poof, that was a close one." No, I've been pretty lucky. I've felt pretty. I've you know, I've been to some quite random places, but I've always felt pretty good. Never felt you know. I mean, there are there are moments where you think you know you could potentially die. <laughs> <laughs> but um, no, I've always felt pretty safe, to be honest. And I saw a clip there with when you were covering the Grenfell Tower incident. Yeah, what was that like? And, connecting with the people in, um, that, that were involved in that. It was yeah. I mean, very sensitive subject. Yeah. Anything around anything around Grenfell is kind of like quite quite intense. But um, again, like. The contributor, you know, you spend time, you know, skyping the person, getting to know them a lot more. That's the key, getting to getting to know someone a little bit before you you just show up with a camera because that's the worst when you just show up with a camera and you kind of just start getting it out and pointing it around. Like with like sensitive subjects, you've always got to make an effort to you know to Skype and to to meet people before you start filming with them. Just to create that report, make them feel comfortable with you. Um, and I try to do that with a lot of the, the documentary work that that I've been doing lately. Is kind of doing these Skype calls. It really goes a long way, especially sure. when it comes especially when it comes time to filming. 
because you know these guys are, these guys are pouring the the kind of like really you know sensitive stories out. Yeah. So yeah, that's it. That's it. With that. But yeah, another great project, London based as well, which was quite cool. And you, you've done you've done you've done a um, a piece that I found quite moving, which came from quite an intimate place for you, and it was when you were you were videoing your friend and his father going surfing again. The clip is on my Insta stories for those watching. Um, why why was that why was that story important to you to tell? Yeah, I mean a father-son relationships are pretty special, isn't it? Yeah, my dad passed away in 2015. Had a pretty good relationship with him early on, but later on kind of didn't go that way. But um I went and stayed with my friend over in Portugal. He was living with his with his parents. And I just seen him go out surfing with his dad, like riding motorbikes with his dad. Like they just had this beautiful, pure relationship. And I was like, fuck, I need to document this. I, I kind of wish I had something like that. So I was like, I just wanted to wanted to capture this like naturally how it is and um yeah, make a film about it. So um went out there a couple of months later, shot this film with them, and yeah, that's um been picked up by a couple of good companies now that film as well um fuel tv portugal have just picked it up so they're going to be running it on on their tv platforms great which is cool awesome yeah and and it's a great gift for my friend as well and his family Mm. to remember that yeah well when you showed me that clip um you know again i think we're constantly reminded of the importance of spending time with people that well there you go oh there we go the film of <laughs> <laughs> I put my monitor the videographer on. Videographer has uh, figured out how to sort the lighter now. <laughs> yeah, I'm not too good. I'm not too good with technology. Right, ironic. Yeah, it is. <laughs> um, but yeah, but your that video there definitely uh, hit home to me in, in regards to the importance of spending more time with with loved ones. You know, so I think yeah. you did a very good job with that. Um, as we get older, it becomes more and more challenging. Again, again, like another um, yearly passion project as well, which is, yeah, cool. Where's going to be your so, next adventure, do you think? Uh, it's got to be New Zealand. <laughs> it's got to right. be New Zealand. Right, like, yeah, well, I'm, it can only be, right? Because you're not going anywhere. I've, well, after 30 years, I've never travelled New Zealand, and now I'm here. Right. Um, now we're here, like... And there's no tourists here. No yeah, one can come into. Yeah. No, no one can come into New Zealand. Um, and I've just been blown away with how beautiful this country really is. I'm not. I'm not travelled here ever. Um, and I've I've travelled more of Uganda than I have of New Zealand. I've know more insane. of Scotland. I know more of Scotland than I do of New Zealand. But not anymore. Um, things have changed. And yeah, um, loving this country. I'm absolutely blown away. Like everywhere in the southern southern alps is just phenomenal i'm actually going on a sunrise flight over the southern alps in about uh an hour to watch yeah flying over the alps. it's just insane so i'm just trying to think of some con- concepts and um ideas of things that i can shoot out here but yeah i'm getting some ideas I just need a couple of big brands to like sony or something to jump on and pay for the pay for the film so yeah, yeah. That's the next. That's the next adventure. This country is just phenomenal. My friend is um is from New Zealand. He just got his project sponsored by Canon as well. So he's over the moon by that. Um, and it's yeah, it's great if you can get one of those big boys on board for the credibility. Well, give me a contact for Canon, man. <laughs> <laughs> I'll speak to him. Definitely. Um, what What would you say if 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 someone wanted to plan like an extreme adventure, like you've done so many times, where do they start? You're very experienced in doing this. It probably just seems so easy to jump on some sort of platform or whatever. I mean, where, where do they start? Where do they start? I don't know. Everyone's different. Everyone kind of like, everyone looks at travel so differently. Um, but I think we you got to start, you got to push something out of your, your comfort zone. You got to plan something that you're not comfortable with. Just 
<laughs> so the Heaven's starting day. point is, wait a minute, what am I most <laughs> uncomfortable about? Right. Yeah, right. I'm, so I'm, let's look at mountains. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if you've never gone hiking, but you don't want to keep doing stuff that you've done before and repeating that. Um, you want to be kind of, you know, trying new things and new flavors and new places, new cultures. Like you've just got to, yeah, look at a place, see if there's, you know, mountains or say if you've been surfing, you've just got to keep pushing the boundaries on what you haven't done. Okay. And and the more I, I think it's an obvious tip, you know, like um, what do you feel that by exposing yourself to so many cultures, what what have you taken from that? How has that changed how your behavior in meeting people in your personal life? So one more time. So after exposing yourself to too many different cultures, right? How has what has changed within your behavior? when you meet people for the first time? Have you seen anything attribute to your, your character based on your, your travel experience? Maybe just a, a greater appreciation of who people are and where they've come from. Right. Everyone, has a, everyone has a story and everyone is, is so different. But, yeah, just respect that culture. And I think it's, I think it's cool. It's quite funny. Like uh, two nights ago we went to a Chinese restaurant here in this little town called Wanakin. You know, even I've only shot in China once, but... I learned I learned quite a lot of the language there, mostly funny, inappropriate words. Of course, but, you know, like naturally, <laughs> we, we, you know, we were out for dinner with a group of like fifteen of us, and then I just started speaking Chinese to these <laughs> these people that were all running this Chinese shop. Everyone was kind of like laughing, away. And, then, <laughs> and then obviously the things that I was saying were quite funny in their language and inappropriate. So they all the staff were laughing and. <laughs> I don't know. It's that like you got to try and take take away some things when you visit a place, you know, like Shanghai or something like that. But yeah, and I appreciate appreciate the Chinese culture as well. So. It's funny because yeah. I'm just literally writing about that right now. You know about how mm. how to expose yourself to more cultural experiences, even on a micro <laughs> level, um, mm. in in your own town. You know, whether it be subscribing to the, you know, if you're part of a club, subscribing to their cultural mm. calendar. You know, subscribing yeah. to the museum newsletters, the the art gallery newsletters, whatever. Just tuning into a cultural program, um, but Definitely. you take it one step further because you can't you can't grow your cultural vocabulary, I guess, by being ignorant. No, no, but I guess that's what filmmaking does. It it just unlocks this world of. You know, especially with the travel stuff, you just unlock this world of culture and people and, and a love for that, a love for everything that comes with it, man. And uh, it's like I haven't I haven't worked for the last 10 years. Yeah. It's just been – this is like – this is now the lifestyle that has kind of developed. And, yeah, I just – you don't feel like you're working at all. You just kind of like – if I haven't – if I haven't worked or filmed or shot something for, you know, a while, I start to get a little bit like anxious, anxious, and I I start to get grumpy, and I need to I need to shoot something. I need to, you know, I need something, you know, like it's yeah, yeah. It's, it's my fix. It yeah, really you're is. You're an my addict. <laughs> it's my fix. I'm an addict to it, but um, it's it's good, you know. Like it, sometimes I'm like, oh, it's the week. Like especially like it's the people are like, oh, it's the weekend now. I'm like, oh well, I should kind of really be out shooting something. I don't know what, but yeah. And what yeah, do you feel a, like? It's a fix. You know, I mean, for, for me, I would feel like so. When you go on one of those experiences and you you, mm. you experience like such a an emotional high, it must be very difficult to kind of leave these places. You know. Um, yeah, but the next adventure is never too far away. So you've always got another one booked in after the one you're on. So you kind of like, it's, it, yeah, it's kind of good. I kind of come back to London for a little bit, have a couple of weeks downtime, and then the next adventure kind of starts. Not, you know, it's not too, it's not too long before the next one starts. Well, well, that's the way it used to be. I hope it can, I hope the travel can get back to that stage in the next year or two. Seriously, your, your Tinder profile must be fire. <laughs> <laughs> no nah, mate those days are over they are yeah yeah those days are over so what what is that like i mean like you know when you're when you're traveling as much as you do to be able to 
find or be in a relationship. Yeah, I'm it's, so it's, it's quite, you know, it's quite, um, it's like, like dating a work, you know, it's the same thing as yeah. stress have on a relationship. Yeah, I guess so. Um, I guess you just need to meet someone who's like like-minded with the photography and the film and the travel. I think that's, I think that's key to making it work. But you know those those ones are kind of hard to find. <laughs> but so yeah. if there's any out there, no. Nah. <laughs> um, this is a broadcast message. <laughs> no, I have um yeah I have been lucky enough to meet some you know amazing people. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, we'll see how that um all plays out. Hopefully, we can start travelling again and things kind of pick up and you know I can visit some friends and stuff and get back out there. Yeah, but yeah, fine. Yeah, it is. It, it is hard. In terms of okay, what I what I've been advising. People um, is ha- there's just seen a few of my buddies join there. What's up to Eduardo Vento? He's actually the um, the guy we were speaking about before with the father. Anyone go check oh, him out, Eduardo Vento? Hi, Eduardo. Yeah, yeah, absolute uh, absolute legend who's doing really well with underwater surf, filming and photography out in Portugal. So wow, yeah, he's doing well. Another, another, my friend uh, Tito. He, um, we shot, uh, we shot a project out in the Amazon back in 2015. We travelled to the Amazon together and uh, did a 10 day canoe trip down the, yeah, down the Amazon River. Um, and then we hiked into the Peruvian Andes before that for for 10 days as well. I think we were away for like a month, weren't we? Yeah. So that was a that was a wild one. Another passion oh, project. That was another passion project. So it's uh, good to see him popped up there. We had some amazing times, uh, yeah, down the Amazon, which was crazy. You know, we were, we were one of the first people to kayak, uh, to canoe down the Amazon River. Wow. Yeah. That's, that's yeah, a month. I want to do. I, I want to It was a month. Yeah. A month but, you know, in the, the Amazon. Yeah, Robbie's uh, full of smiles and stuff. Yeah, we took, uh, we took 20, I think about 20 students from a university in Canada for this um, – for this kind of experience in, in Peru um, a while back. But yeah, that was, um, yeah, it was a big one, mate. That was a big one. Um, another, that was a, yeah, another passion project. And the thing is when you're learning how to shoot film and stuff like you've got to have those passion projects, you just got to have them. I guess it helps, it helps you develop as a filmmaker. Yeah. I mean, yeah. The, the stuff I've seen come from your feed is phenomenal, man. Yeah, um, so, but yeah, so, that's, so that's all, it's all part of the progress. You need, you need it's all part of the progress. Another good friend of mine learned filmmaking there. He's um, runs an awesome Instagram page, checking stuff out. Awesome. Yeah, a great twenty students. It was wild. It was wild indeed. I can imagine. What was the age? Group? <laughs> um, that was the age group. I think it was anywhere from like eighteen to thirty. Oh, it's, it's a good yeah. age. Yeah, maybe thirty-five. Yeah, so pretty. Everyone was kind of similar, similar age to us. Um, yeah, very, very, very fun trip. Another one for the books. Yeah. So a, a, a um a trip to one of these party islands doesn't appeal to you, Kieran? Uh, uh what? Like Ibiza? Yeah. No, man, that's not no. my vibe. It's not. It's definitely not your vibe. Oh, I mean, it is. I do. I do like. I do like to go out and party from time to time. But um, yeah, I don't. I don't take much away from those kind of kinds of trips. I need to be shooting something. Yeah, well, I, think, I think. Yeah, I, need... I think it's a healthy thing for everyone to hear because there will be people that are subscribed to that lifestyle that are tuned into this right now. Um, mm. You know, I, I promote. I promote for people to go out into certain environments to meet people. Um, but what, you're, what we're talking about right here is the other side, being more cultured, you know, understanding uh, people's way of, of living and, and taking something back from it each time and, and always making sure you're giving back. Don't get, don't get me wrong. I think you can have a – I think we can have a good a good trip to Ibiza. We would have a lot of oh, fun. Of course we can. I'll show party, you how to do party, that. <laughs> party a lot. Um, yeah. But, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, if I'm going to pay or if I'm going to pay to you on a trip, on it. You know, I'm you know I might do like one or two trips a year that are with friends where we go somewhere, you know, like snowboarding for example, and yeah. you know have you know party in the mountains or something. Like, I want to feel that kind of like 
adrenaline, especially, you know, now after spending a bit of time in New Zealand where like everything that we've really done over the past four weeks in the camper van trip, you, you have that sense of, you know, wonder at moments, um, seeing something like a walking on a glacier or flying up in a helicopter over the mountains. It's like, that's the kind of, that that's the kind of trips and experiences that I want to be having, not yeah. getting, not not getting smashed with the three day hangover training, you know, like that's cool for some people and that's great, but I don't know. I'll do that, you know, once a year, one blowout a year, like that's, that's all right. You know, a lot of people reported, reporting, um, about it's been a time for self-reflection, uh, honing on your skills, doubling down on your skills. You know, how have you treated this period? What, what's been beneficial for you? Well, I've been in New Zealand. There hasn't been any COVID here for the last few months. Yeah, until last until last night. So, um, yeah, I decided just when um when uh, this year when kind of COVID was happening in London and things were going really really bad, I was like, I got to get out. So I just I packed up my apartment, threw everything into storage. Yeah, um, jumped on a plane and came home. Um, and yeah, we had lockdown for a few weeks and then things lifted and things were normal. Right. But have you not, so, right. Yes. Yeah, so, so yeah, it hasn't really, it's, it's been normal for you. I mean, uh, well, it's not normal because I had all my, all my jobs for 2020 completely canceled and, you know, and, and obviously all my work is based on international travel. So that's all kind of like the brakes were put on that for a long time and, yeah, I mean, the international seems to be picking up a little bit again. There's a few kind of inquiries and bits and pieces coming up, but, um, yeah, nothing kind of what it was for, for a little bit, I reckon. So, yeah, that's, that's changed a lot. Um, I haven't worked for four, four months probably now, which is yeah. cool because I've been, I've been exploring New Zealand. So it's a, in our lifetime, there will never, ever be an opportunity like this right now to travel New Zealand with no tourists and it's just like there's no yeah you'll never get it again so just well, making the most so. out of this yeah <laughs> just making the most out of this this time frame really and when 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 the time is right to come back to london and crack on with with life as it was if not better then i'll you know address that when it comes and crack out the longboards. Yeah, yeah crack out the longboards. yeah it looks it looks like it's been an amazing summer back in the uk so yeah um, it's, it's, but the winter, nice. the, the winter, the winter here has been unreal as well. So, out of all of the places that you visited, you know, um, what's the most unusual thing you've ate? Oh man, that's uh, you know, I'm not a, I'm not a massive eater, and I get a lot of shit for this from my friends, but I don't actually eat a lot. I'm quite like safe in terms of eating. Like, you know, what, probably the, the craziest thing I've eaten was like only a couple of weeks ago. The boys made me eat these fucking oysters you know oysters right like New yeah Zealand oysters, no oysters. it's really good but um not good not good i don't know i don't i don't try and like branch out too much in terms really of that's but, so uh, odd like you, but you you travel so many places you know you i mean like what did you eat okay for example when you're living with a flip it back okay so we're I ate Snickers bars. I took about 30 Snickers bars. Oh, shut island. up, did you? you kidding me? <laughs> we did, we did, we did, we did. We just took unlimited that Snickers bars. That is cheating, my friend. That is cheating. Ah, man. No, I'll tell you what, it was, um, it was bad there. But um, not what we did drink. It was, wasn't what we wasn't what we ate. It was what we drank when we were with that tribe. So they have a thing called kava. And it's really common in the, like, the Pacific Islands. Each kind of island does it slightly differently but basically what kava is it's um <clears throat> so the boys in the village they go every day to dig up the kava root it's like a tree root it's like a plant and they all get they all get around all these kids and they start chewing the kava with their teeth that's why their teeth are so screwed up and then they turn it into this like little mush and they all spit in it and then they they kind of like get all the moisture and all the density out of this out of this root, pour it into like a, a big bowl and add some water to it. And then you're left you're left with a big bowl like probably this big. You see my hands probably like that. Yeah. And uh every evening, every evening all the men in the village 
get together for a meeting and they no women are allowed you're not allowed to film it you're not allowed to take photos of it and they sit around and you get this big bowl of basically children's spit and water and it's like hallucinogenic from the from the root you get this bowl you lift it up to the volcano you bless the volcano and then you have to drink the whole bowl of spit in one yeah. <laughs> I mean, what does it's it say? Fucking, yeah, it's it's yeah, like like river, like really. Like, imagine like five times worse than river water, except it you know gives you a bit of a buzz because you're kind of hallucinating a little bit after you <clears throat> after you drink it. But yeah, you have to drink the whole bowl in one. What, what, was it hallucinogenic? Yeah. Wow. Look it up. K A K A V A. And uh yeah. I mean I think that's why we got so sick afterwards actually, because we, we were drinking like two bowls a night. God. It was um yeah, it was brutal. There was no substitute you you had <laughs> Again it comes I I mean you're sitting around naked in this bloody thing. Yeah. And then you're drinking this children's spit. It was <laughs> it was uh it wasn't pleasant, man. <laughs> okay, so that's the foulest thing you've had to consume. Yeah. Okay. It was hectic. <laughs> I mean, something I normally ask you when it comes on is, is two questions. And, and one of them is, what would your last meal be? Like, if you were on death row or whatever, and you're like, all right, Kieran, come in, you can choose a meal. Time's <laughs> up, buddy. You know, I, I know it's not going to be carver. I'm not a big foodie, man. Like, I'm honestly not. Yeah. I'm super, I'm I super when easy. We met, when we met, I think you was like, there was some nice stuff on the menu. And I think you like wanted like fish and chips or something. It's like super basic. I can't remember, man. But um, yeah. yes, I'm super basic with food. i gotta got to put it out there. I get a lot of shit for it as well um, from my peers who I travel with a lot. <laughs> um, I don't know. What would my last one be? Yeah, man, a good like English roast and a pint of Guinness. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I think I, I am missing the English pubs, like you know, the pub culture there is quite good. I haven't had a roast for a while, but I do I do appreciate a roast. Oh, let's get on when I'm back, man. Yeah. Um and and something else I want to ask is if you were to have a host a dinner party, who would you have around the table, past and present? Edinburgh, man. Yes. Yeah, Edinburgh. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I was lucky lucky enough to kind of meet him um, when we were working on the Tusk Awards, which was a conservation uh, project out in Africa that we shot over the last, um, uh, well, we spent four weeks in Africa shooting these, this conservation series, mm-hmm. um, which was pretty cool. Um, and they hosted the, the the awards and the films that were presented by David Attenborough um, at the Victoria and Albert Museum in London. Yeah, yeah, it was quite cool. Yeah. So um, none of your tribes friend, tribal friends would be around the table. <laughs> yeah, I'd fly. <laughs> his name was Tom. His name was Tom, but yeah, his name was not Tom. Yeah, that's what his name was. Well, that's what his that's what his English name was. Right. Um, cool. Kieran, have you got any? So you're traveling New Zealand now. Uh, is there anywhere? Is there anywhere people can can find some of your work if they're interested to to look at some of your adventures? Um, you know, what, yeah, what, just, what platforms are they? Just flick over to the Instagram page, and then you can get linked to my website from there. It'll Great. take you there. I think that website and Instagram is the kind of the two two things that I use. Yeah. I don't really push it. I don't really push the Instagram stuff too hard. Or um, I know. I remember having a, having so a chat much about time. That. I I'm quite bad with it. It's like you have the most like, extraordinary tra- content. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> don't know. I I always think my stuff's not not good. That's why I don't share and post everything. You know, you I'm need, not. You need a, you need someone to keep on looking at your work because you just carry on shooting amazing content, but have someone just check what you're doing because. You've probably missed so many awards in your lifetime. Yeah, yeah, right, man. <laughs> yeah, I've probably have. Um, but um, well, but you've got got to keep snowballing those trips, buddy. That's it, man. Going to try and get a few more in the can. Always. All right, bud. Well, um, 
let's let's wrap it up. Thank you for getting up early in the morning to, to do this. Um, it, it's been a great conversation. Hopefully, people that Definitely, have man. been watching um, feel inspired to, you know, when, when the travel ban sort of lifts you know, and lockdown eases up, to kind of think of travel in a, in a different light and take on an adventure in a, in a different way as opposed to what's just being marketed to them. Absolutely, man. Find out for yourself. Yeah, yeah. How about how about you, John? Are you going to do any cultural trips? What are, what are, what are your plans? Have I inspired you to do anything cultural? I know you're a yeah, big fan I mean, of the inspired you in these places. <laughs> you, you inspired you're me a... when I first saw that, that 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 those videos, and I said, "Look, we yeah. got to come together and do something because this these trips are phenomenal. I'd love to take my clients out there and and experience something just, uh, like this." Just uh, yeah, friend, friend. Francesco as well, who who's actually he's just started a um an amazing company making he's making uh sustainable suitcases. So like suitcases for planes like carry-on ones and then the bigger ones out of recycled plastics. Great. He's just just won a whole bunch of awards as well for, for oh, his products. So yeah, he's done amazing things. We shot a little campaign video in Iceland last year. Um which is cool. So yeah, amen. Fantastic initiative. Yeah, very good. Yeah, very entrepreneurial guy. Um, yeah. Anyway, I hope, I hope I've inspired you to do something new and different, Johnny. Yeah, I think so. No, I mean it's not something that's new. It's on the horizon, you know, and it has been on the horizon. It's just about pulling my finger out my backside and and pulling the trigger on it. And uh, yeah. you know, you. you you, you've encouraged me to do that. Awesome, mate. Yeah. Mm. I mean, I, I'll give you that guy's number in the tribe if you want. <laughs> Could be a good look on you, man. Oh, God. I, I might I might take you up on that. I mean, that was <laughs> a phenomenal trip. That would be a phenomenal yeah. trip. All right, buddy. I'll, I'll let you yeah. crack on because I know you've got things to do. But thank you again for taking the time out. And, um, yeah, I look forward Thanks, to coming up properly when, you, when you're back. Sounds good, matey. All right, buddy. Take care. All right, man. Ciao, ciao. Bye. Bye, Bye, man. All right, guys. So there you go. That's my my dear friend, Kieran. Uh, It was good to catch up with him just then. What a phenomenal human being. You know, he's got such a big heart. Um, He's got just the right attitude, you know, the right attitude for going out there and traveling and what it should really be about. Uh, Pick your destinations. Pick your adventure. uh, Choose something different. And look how cultured the guy is. You know, when I say cultured, his, his favorite meal is his many Snickers bars. But you know what I mean. You know, get out there, see some things that aren't too typical. We only live once and everyone's got a story. Okay. All right, guys. Uh, tune in next Tuesday when I'll be bringing in a, another new and exciting guest uh, to hopefully for you guys to get some nuggets out of and improve your self-development. Okay, guys. Take care. Hi guys, if you enjoyed the content, why not head over to my YouTube channel and hit subscribe. If you want to send me a message directly, head on over to my Instagram, London Dating Coach, where you can contact me directly.